0: Knows what James Harden is doing. James Harden is a professional. Yeah, <laughs> did not tell you. Impressed what the hell I'm seeing from Baker Mayfield. How many times have I joked about him having more commercials with progressive than hey, turn me up, you know what I have to say, right? People think I'm joking when I say.
1: this is Talisa Elliott back with another episode the culture edition and I am so excited for this episode right here. Unbelievable honestly I am so blessed to have this guest with me the Stephen A. Smith and uh, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself I don't know who would know you but (laughs) go ahead and just state who you are and tell us. Stephen
0: Stephen A. Smith uh, ESPN and uh, Needless to say, I look a lot better usually, you know, it's, it's, it's 12 noon here, but I've been working all week and long with about three hours sleep, you know, so it is what it is, but I am here.
1: No, you that's know? okay. That's doing? okay. I'm good. And you know what? This is what this podcast is for. It's for a good laid back mm-hmm. conversation. Um, I'm wearing a t-shirt and flared up with an earring, so this <laughs> is... <laughs> It's honestly fine because this is a pandemic podcast. I always start this question off with all of my guests. And I ask, how has this pandemic shifted your life?
0: It's giving you tremendous focus. Um, it's uh, prioritized the importance of health in one's mind more so than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how blessed you are, no matter what kind of things that you've been blessed and fortunate to accomplish, um, there's no wealth without health. You're not taking care of yourself if you're not doing the things necessary in order to be your best self on a physical level. Uh, It can deteriorate you mentally, emotionally, spiritually even because you just don't have the energy to do the kind of things you wanna do and that you may definitely be inspired to do. And so for me, that's where it's really stood out um, to me, there's nothing worse than a skinny fat dude, where you're skinny and all this stuff, but you got a pot belly and you know all of this other stuff, and you're not paying attention. And for me, um, I was at about—I've always been slim, but I had ballooned to about 207 pounds with about 31, 32 percent body fat. Um, I never paid attention to those things. Next thing you know, I did. And so as a result, I'm now like 191. I'm down to 21% body fat and counting.
1: We see you. You just a little, throw that in there.
0: Gotta do it. I'm torturing torturing myself. I'm eating right. I'm eating better. I I shouldn't say right. I'm still a cereal addict. Uh, But (laughs) I'm, I'm eating better. I'm certainly exercising a lot more and improving my health. And I think that, you know, as a result, I feel better. I feel stronger. And I feel more vibrant about going about, the business of doing my job every single day. And right. that's very, very important to me because I'm a dad, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle. Um, I'm a lot of different things, but you know, I'm also an employee for ESPN. I'm on the air and I reach millions upon millions of people a week. And when I lock in, I lock yeah. in. And I'm about being focused and I'm about producing. I'm not <clears throat> about losing at all. Right. In order to do that, um, the better my health is, the better chance I'm going to have it succeeding.
1: Yeah, I think you kind of wrapped it up perfectly in your own perspective. Uh, something that I talk about on this podcast a lot is this faith aspect or this faith and this encouraging factor that we have to continue to have, mm-hmm. you know, especially with this um, pandemic, it has been extremely hard. I don't know about anybody else, but I know a lot of students watch this and being a student and trying to do it online and trying to do it ton of different things and especially when I wear a lot of different hats it's uh, it's taxing mentally physically and everything um, and you mentioned your your spot in ESPN and so media even though the, the world has pretty much been shut down the media hasn't stopped uh, media has continued to go on media has continued to portray what needs to be portrayed and you have you do first take uh, a series that you actively commentate on, and I um, I am a big fan. I love seeing you go back and forth with Max Kellerman. I love seeing you uh, just give an honest and clear perspective on every single take. Um, so what do you have to say to those that um, combat those brutal and crucial things that they think you say, or you know they oppose what you say? What do you say to those naysayers?
0: Nothing. I don't care. You know, it's important to understand, you know, you have to understand my background. Um, I come from a place where my journalistic background, starting off in the newspaper industry, doing multiple internships before getting a job as a high school writer at the New York Daily News in 1993, uh, before going from there to the Philadelphia Inquirer in 1994, getting promoted, right? I think it was seven or nine times that I was promoted at the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. In 2003, I ultimately became a general sports columnist. Uh, why was that a big deal? Because when you're a columnist as opposed to a reporter, you have the license to editorialize, to opine, to express your viewpoint. Not necessarily to report, but to take the information that has been reported and to put your spin on things. Why is that so significant to Lisa is because At the time, in 2003, when I was named a general sports columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, I was only the 21st African-American in the history of this country to be named a general sports columnist. 20 people preceded me. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of columnists that have existed in the newspaper industry. Right. Only 20 were Black as of 2003 in American history. Yeah. People forget that. And so when you look at me and you see me on first take, it's the equivalent when people are critical or insulting or whatever, it's the equivalent of the person saying, I smoke you, Uh, let me debate against you, I'll go against you. And I always give them the same response. You're probably right, you might. But I'll tell you what, put in the 20 years that I put in before I got to that platform and then come talk to me. Because what people forget, everybody wants to focus on what they they can do and what they want to do and what they want to ignore is the process that you have to go through to get to that point. When I was a teenager, I thought I could be the next Howard Cosell, Mm -hmm. but guess what? I was required to graduate from high school first and then college and have a journalistic background. You didn't just get to walk through the door and do these things you had to show that you were willing to put forth your due diligence and go through that minefield, that terrain. And when you talk about having a message that you wanna send the young people out there, if I have a problem with young folks, it's one thing and one thing only. As is the case when all of us were young, we wanna leapfrog and bypass the process. And you don't get to do that. As a child, you know your father is a brother of mine. Here's the deal, there's gonna come a point in time where you get to follow your own rules. You get to come home when you want, you get to go out when you want, you get to pay your own bills, you get to live your life. But while you're under his roof, you're gonna follow his I'll
1: rules. I'm follow his rules.
0: His rules. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that's the same principle that goes with corporate America. We've got too many people that want to bypass the rules and want to bypass the process. And the reason why I'm so vehement and so demonstrative in my beliefs, my feelings, and my opinion is I know that I paid the price to earn the right to express those things. I didn't just come out and say, okay, this is how I feel. This is what I want to do. This is what I believe. Hell with all of y'all. No, I was a journalist first on the high school level, the collegiate level, the professional level. Then I was a lead columnist for the NBA. Then I was a general sports columnist. And then I hosted a radio show and I hosted a television show. Spanning a quarter century, I've done this. So I've earned the right to express myself. And if people wanna disagree, they can do that all they want to. Just know that you get to do it from your platform. This platform's mine.
1: Exactly. I completely and wholeheartedly agree. Something that I'm learning right now, something that my dad and my mom always teach me is is that you have to work to go to wherever you're trying to go to. Mm -hmm. Hard work, you know, there's one thing when God blesses you, but then there's another thing when you have to meet that halfway mark and you have to do and put in work. The way that you need to put it in work um mm-hmm. and so i love that you said that you have a right to those feelings and emotions because you do and i i love seeing just how you go re- this hard in on whatever you have to say and so that goes into some com- comes into this other question about athletes and media how athletes um can't necessarily take the same risk of showing all of their emotions for example with like lebron james when he came out and um i can't believe uh what was the fox news woman who said yeah. something yes
0: yeah, right.
1: yes she came out and she was like oh he basically the shut up and dribble tactic that a lot of media anchors or white media anchors use on black athletes so this is in referring to the nba bubble they boycotted the game or they would all hook hands and or hook arms and things of that nature. So what do you have to say about that and how they're using their platform and even to media anchors and news reporters that are telling people or not telling people, athletes to shut up and dribble?
0: Well, first of all, it's a couple of things. Um, number one, she was wrong flagrantly. Mm -hmm. Um, but not for the reasons people think, Um, She was wrong because she was trying to, A, treat LeBron like he was ill-informed, and he was not. Mm -hmm. B, she was wrong because you basically wanted him to stay in his place. Well, who are you to define his place? Right. C, she was wrong because it was hypocritical. On so many levels, on so many occasions, folks in our society will say to whom much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. And when you are blessed with opportunities that ultimately transcend the wealth and things of that nature, you owe society something. So they'll say, be a role model, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, in our eyes, that's what he was doing. So if he had said what Laura Ingram believed, she would have said that to him. She would have played that clip of him and said, see, even he gets it. She would have applauded him for saying it but because he disagreed is why she said that and that's where America comes in Mm -hmm. because in this nation where you do have freedom of speech okay we have to understand something you also have the freedom to disagree and if you disagree with somebody then say you disagree with them and here's why as opposed to telling them to stay in their place now where I would have agreed with her is if she said, you don't know what you're talking about, here are the facts. And the facts clearly proved that he was wrong and she was right. I would not have agreed with her saying shut up and dribble, but I would have agreed with her undressing him with facts to highlight and illuminate that he was wrong, if indeed he was, but he wasn't. And because he wasn't, and because your feelings may be a bit different than his, you went to your default position to tell him to stay in his place, as opposed to specifically just articulating where he was wrong and why. See, for me, I don't talk about people staying in their place. I tell them where they're wrong. Here's where you're wrong. Here's where you don't know what you're talking about. Here's where you are patently false. Boom. And I leave it at that. But everybody has their style. And then you also have to take into account the society that we're living in. You have a lot of these athletes um, that are making millions. And the public at large, meaning white America, believes if it wasn't for their ability to dribble and bounce a basketball and shoot a basketball or dunk, they'd probably be in jail. You got a lot of people that believe that. And it ain't just white people. It's mostly, but it ain't just white people who believe that nonsense. Oh, yeah. But it's okay. the, it's absolutely how they feel. And so for me, I'm one of those folks where as people would stand back and the me, they're aghast and like, oh, my God, how could they say such a thing? <laughs> I would sit back and smile. Thank you for letting me know how you really feel about me.
1: Mm. I appreciate
0: that. Because a lot of times we get so upset at people showcasing themselves Mm-hmm. You know what? I lean on the late, great Maya Angelou, late, great poet. When people show who you who they are, believe them. Believe them. And then take it a step further. Now you know. So it's illuminated in your mind's eye who, exactly who they are. And you know how to act accordingly. And I think that's what this is all about. And I think that's how we should take it.
1: Wow. I mean, that kind of turned my head sideways. I mean, I could completely understand what you were talking about, but at the same time, I never really looked at it that way because sometimes when we're given media, when we're like scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through Twitter or something and someone gives a tweet and they're disagreeing with the majority of people that agree with me, then I'm like, what the world, what is
0: this? I'll I'll tell you something on a personal level that happened to me many years ago. And so my sister had a man in her life this is over 20 years ago. I didn't like him at all, but he smiled in my family's face. He smiled in my face. Um, he said all the right things and all of this stuff. And then one day he was going off and he talked about how he never liked me. He never liked my family. He just pretended to, did make us sick, blah, 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 blah. He was drinking a little bit, but he wasn't drunk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My sister screamed at him to stop. And I said, no, let him talk. This is what we've been waiting for, chill. And he talked and talked and talked. And it's been at least 22 years. He still tries to apologize because he was from the neighborhood. And I still walk right by him like he means absolutely nothing to me because he doesn't, because you let me know how you feel. If I had shut him up, if I had argued with him, if I had interrupted his diatribe, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known. But because I let him speak, I know everything I need to know. And I've never looked back. And he's been out of our life for over those 22 years, even though he's still from the neighborhood. And we don't talk to him because he revealed himself that's what you do with people let them talk let them talk let them finish let them let you know exactly how they feel you got to draw things into the light that's what i try to do
1: wow uh giving the unfiltered truth right here and i think some people can take what you say or even how you approach certain certain topics you know out of perspective but right here kind of Makes it a full circle on how you're approaching these topics, and they take it and, out of perspective
0: because they want to. They take it out yeah. of perspective. If you' there's in our society, you have a lot of people that literally, it ain't. It's not about what's being said. It's about who's saying it. Let's think about it. When they look at me, they're saying this black dude right here. Who the hell does he think he is? Running his mouth like that, talking as loud as he talked. Not that, not they, they. I always talk loud, right? I'm never. <laughs> Quiet, So they say, even though I'm quiet and mellow all the time, but of course I can be loud too, but they say all of these things about me and you know how I view it, Talisa, they want to ignore my resume, they want to ignore the 20 plus years of journalism, they want to ignore my 20 plus years as an elite beat writer in the newspaper business, they want to ignore the the amount of stories that I broke when there was no Twitter and there was no Facebook and there was no Instagram and you had to go out there and actually report, okay? And the athletes communicated with you because they didn't have these social media outlets that would give them a false sense of belief that they get to ignore you and stuff like that. No, I was doing this when it was old school style when you didn't have the advent of technology really invading our lives and what have you. And so when I look at it from that perspective, you wanna to talk to me and you wanna call me a loud mouth, you wanna talk about my opinions, it's because you want to distract from my resume. Because when people try to talk, I'm sitting there, okay, then put my resume against, up, uh, up against these people that you talk about. Have they hosted a nationally syndicated show? Have they hosted a television show? Have they been number one in the morning for seven plus years and counting? What have they done? Did they have the success as a newspaper person? Did they break these number of stories? Did they get promoted nine times in their career? What did they do? All of these things that they they never bring that up when it comes to people that they don't like. And that's our problem. Even if I don't like you, I will never ignore your resume. I will never ignore your credentials. I will always point to, that's how you be the bigger person. You make sure that the standards that you have are consistent across the board and applicable to everyone. You don't just reserve them for people that you like and ignore them for people that you don't. Those who are critical tend to do that and that's why they are where they are and I am where I am.
1: First of all, two things before we move on. Number one, that that right there was extremely powerful, you saying that it's not necessarily what they're saying, it's who's saying it. I think that applies to a lot of a lot of media personalities or, or reporters. It's not necessarily because I've been in conversations with people where they'll literally just be talking about nothing. But because they don't look like me, it's fine that it's coming out of their mouth because, you know, it's just little old him, it's little old him being him, but as soon as I say it or I say something a little different that makes more sense and it hits right on the nose. Uh-oh, what, Talisa, what are you saying? What does that even mean? That doesn't make any sense. And um, you kind of miss the fact that I have a hold on the entirety of this conversation. You miss that I understand what's happening. And number two, um, I think this clears up a lot of, like I said, misconceptions that people may have about your rhetoric. And I think um, the biggest thing about it is, is that people think that right now you're, you know, you're giving us your whole list, your resume, and people will think, oh, he's just bragging or things of that nature. And I think he's, he's giving us, he's giving us the real, like you're, I didn't know these things about you. And I don't think of, well, most people my age or people that watch you wouldn't know these things, but following your resume and giving us that backdrop, it matters, it matters in how you approach everything. Well, you got to so,
0: remember, and this, again, I reiterate, I have a journalistic background. Right. I've been a journalist for over 25 years. I'm not officially that anymore, per se. I'm more of a personality. I'm more of a commentator and a pundit, uh, but that's because I graduated from that journalism role that I was playing. But mm-hmm. the more important thing is to understand that that foundation believes you. As a journalist, you are not supposed to care about how people feel about you. You're supposed to care about your credibility. You're supposed to care about your professionalism. Mm -hmm. Those are the kind of things that are supposed to matter. And as a human being, whether or not you're fair, because you don't want to be unfair. You don't want to be unfair. You don't want to get personal. You don't want to do those kind of things. You want, whether it's your soliloquy, diatribes, whatever the case may be, you want it to be based on facts that are presented to you, not on any kind of personal animus you may have. But once those things are addressed, you're not supposed to give a damn about what people feel about you. If you're covered, I grew up, there were guys I use. Listen, I have a sports background. Not only did I idolize Howard Cosell, God rest his soul, but the great Bryant Gumbel, who I speak to often now. Um, I don't care how successful I am. I ain't Brian Gumble. Not yeah. with that resume. Not with the things that he's achieved. I've idolized the Oprah's of the world. Uh, I, I, I idolized the late Ed Bradley for 60 Minutes, God rest his soul. I grew up watching Ted Koppel, and Peter Jennings and Dan Rather. Sam Donaldson was a reporter for the White House. Okay? I grew up watching him. When you do, the jobs that they did if you cared about what people thought particularly about you as a person when they don't even know you yeah (laughs) you couldn't do your job you can't do your job because it's the it's 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 antithetical to what a journalist is supposed to be it's not like i'm trying to come across saying people don't matter human being matters Oh, people, you know, I don't care. Of course, I care about people. But if I know that I'm doing my job, and I know I'm fair, I can't worry about what you feel. Because to do that would literally compromise my ability to do my job. I would literally say, Talisa to, to, to gets in a, she plays for the basketball team, and she gets in a fight, and she punches this girl in the face. <laughs> Oh, but if I report that, she might get get suspended. If I report that, she might get thrown off the team. If I support that, she might not get another chance. Mm -hmm. Well, if I don't report it, then I'm not doing the job that I've been assigned and paid to do. That comes with it. You accept it and you move forward. And you understand that people may be upset about it But you also understand they don't have your job you do so they're not supposed to feel the way you're supposed to feel um
1: that's what it is that's just it that's the word of the day (laughs) that's i mean that's what it is honestly and this is my last question but To add on to what you were just saying, or to reiterate honestly what you were saying, actually from the student perspective a little bit, because I'm still learning that journalistic value, um, I'm learning the flip sides of that is that sometimes, I know for me on a personal level, sometimes you'll try and, you know, gussy up to people, not gussy up to people, but make them cater to other people's needs and not cater to what you're here for, you know, cater to.
0: about in general?
1: yeah in general so not or just as when I'm on this journalistic platform or what I'm learning um, as a student I always like call myself student because I'm student everything um, is that I'm learning that sometimes it's not to cater to people actually it's not at all and what you just said is that it's honestly you're here to do your job and so if you're reporting um, something that actually happened then that's what actually happened, and that's what you're reporting. And I know that for me, um, I'm a lot younger, so I don't you know know as many, <laughs> I didn't look up to as many um, reporters and media personalities as you did, but the Jamel Hills of my time, or Carrie Champions of my time, or Stephen A. Smiths of my time, especially I'm a big Jamel Hill fan, and I read all of her articles and looked up to her. She was actually the first Black young woman that I saw um, but before she was working for The Atlantic, she was working, well, sometimes a writer for The Atlantic, she was working for ESPN, and I would watch her and watch her segment. And I was like, oh my gosh, I I see Black girls on, Black women on TV. And um, now I see Candace Parker on TV, I think that she does. But I think that that's a really important, honestly, everything, you, that's the word of the day. I can't really, I can't really draw it out anymore. That's the word.
0: Well, Jamel J- Hill is a great person for somebody like yourself to look up to. Um, I think that so many people have been so focused on the things that she has said, particularly about our president, yeah. uh, the positions that she's taken. If there is one thing that I think has hurt her is that she has an exceptional resume as a journalist and a professional. And even though she's doing just fine, people have forgotten all the things that she's done to earn the right to be in the position that she's in. And I think that along the way, even though she was not wrong in the things that she's elected to say for the most part, what I would say is that Jamel Hill is exceptional. Be, be diligent in reminding why you're exceptional. Just like I gave my resume, Jamel Hill has a resume.
1: Yeah.
0: you all talk about, folks talk about her comments about the president, her comments about Jerry Jones or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can point to over a decade of exceptional work that Jamel Hill has done. I don't want to lean on that because anybody can express their thoughts. Mm-hmm about somebody. Everybody can do the work she's done. And so I think it's, it's incredibly important that people remember that when you applaud her, this is why you should applaud her. Because anybody can give an opinion about, or especially this administration, anybody can give an opinion about it. But when you look at her body of work, uh, I can't say enough about her. A highly intelligent uh, a person, uh, real and authentic, Um, And and at her core, very beautiful soul. Um, And I I feel this, I feel similar thoughts about Kerry Champion who who used to host First Take. Yeah. I miss her a lot. I still believe she should be at ESPN. I still believe both of them should be at ESPN. I wish both of them were still working with me at the worldwide leader, because I miss them both. Um, Having said all of that, I think it's incredibly important that again, you know, we understand what this is. Uh, this is all about when I am being a journalist. Listen, I'm different as a commentator than I am hosting than I am reporting. You know, I, I talk a lot when I'm commentating when I'm asking questions. I'm relatively short. I'm to the point because I want your answers.
1: Right
0: heard enough from me. You understand. I want to make sure you understand in that moment, you're the story, not me. And so for me, I, the versatility that comes along with doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, is something that I've been very blessed and fortunate to have the ability to exercise and, and, and put on display. How I am as an interviewer is entirely different than how I am as a commentator. How I am as a commentator is entirely different than I am as a host. Mm -hmm. How I am as a host on television is entirely different than I am as a host on radio. You know, the platforms and all of these things you take into consideration. But at the end of the day, what does it say? It says that I'm a professional. I'm a pro at this. This is what I do. And you have a lot of folks that resent that because they can't do it. You have a lot of folks who resent it because they ain't in the position to do it. And you have to understand That what I'm saying about me is applicable to anyone that is successful when you are successful. There's always someone who questions your success always someone who doesn't believe you deserve it always someone who's envious of it always someone who wants to take you down. Always someone who feels the need to take it upon themselves to humble you
1: Mm -hmm. and to
0: press your momentum, because as you ascend, you're going to leave people behind. Yeah, because they're not ascending with you. So their default position is to grab your ankles and to hold you back from ascending. Yeah. So you can maintain, you can be on the same level as them.
1: Right. And
0: you gotta see the difference between the two. This is why parents, uh, loved ones, mentors, cheerleaders, All of these people are incredibly important because those are people who have interests at heart and want things for you that you want for yourself because their objective is your happiness. But that circle is very, very small.
1: Very, very small.
0: You have to always remember that and operate accordingly. And that's what I do.
1: And that's stuck in my mind because I know that's something that my parents have told me. My mom was, several occasions is like your your circle is not going to be the biggest and I think that as people we are you know sometimes we can be extremely you know prideful wanting people to know our successes and know who we've been talking to or know you know how it's going down or oh you're going to see me doing this and yeah. it's just,
0: but excuse it's, me for interrupting no you could. good I want you to understand this when it comes to me mm-hmm. for example to me In my mind, I didn't highlight my successes. I highlighted my resume. There's a difference. Here's the difference. When you're talking about your successes, when you're talking about what you've done, you're basically saying, hey, look at what I've done. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When you're saying, this is my resume, what you're saying is, excuse me, this was the criteria. I met them and exceeded them. Uh Uh-oh. This is what I've done. If it were anybody else, you would point to their resume. Therefore, you don't get to ignore mine. Mm. That's what you're saying. Because, see, it's incredibly, incredibly important that you understand the difference because the resume is about facts coupled with humility. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about what you do, It could be interpreted as being subjective and devoid of humility. Mm -hmm. So it's always about the resume, the resume, the resume. And here's another reason why the resume is important because the resume is usually what is utilized to hold us back. This is what other people did before you. This is what they accomplished. This is what they produced. Mm -hmm. And that's our standard. But then you meet the standard and somebody still wants to hold you back. That's when you're able to say, excuse me, here's my resume. You said, meaning society, you mm-hmm. said, this is what's required. It all matters. And it's incredibly important. And what you're in pursuit of, what every youngster out there is in pursuit of, is to be placed, is to be placed in a position where they can produce a resume where you can actually do things, you understand? It's like, I don't know Talisa, I do know this much. You have a very, very, very special dad. Yeah. Because he's confident that what he instilled in you along with your wonderful mama is something that you're gonna put on display. So he wants to give you the opportunity to produce a resume. Yeah. resume can speak for you. That's what it's all about. But people will try to stop you and move your way. And guess what you do? You mow right over them. Yep. <laughs> you
1: mow right
0: over them. You don't, you don't stab them in the back. You don't do anything. You just mow right over them. Because anytime you're in pursuit of success, there's going to be somebody there to try to stop you. That's why when God created the heaven and earth, he still created the devil too. Somebody's always gonna be there to try and stop you. And guess what? You should smile about it. Because yeah. if, they, if they weren't there, the road would be easy. And anything with yeah. heaven is never easy.
1: Yeah, this is really good. Uh, I was mm-hmm. gonna ask another question, but honestly, I loved that more. <laughs> and I'm thankful for interrupting me for that honestly mentoring moment, because my dad is honestly incredible. I love how he finds confidence in me because he believes that in himself, right? So he, he always speaks about resume and he's one of the wisest people that I know, especially my mom and my peers around me that are supporting me or that my team, they're always telling me about resume, 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 but you putting it into perspective about resume versus successes, it really just turns it all around and that, that's really good. Thank you for all that you have said and I hope that the audience got something out of this because I was mesmerized by what you were saying um everything that you said is it's incredible Mm -hmm. it's totally put into perspective and it was the unfiltered truth it was raw so thank you for having me um I really appreciate it and
0: all the best to you